Amen. While we're in the book of James, chapter 2, and tonight I'll be reading out of the um, verses 14 through 17. 14 through 17. The Word of God says, Man's problem is sin. And God's solution is the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is to be lived out. Tonight's study, we want to focus on faith. And the subject here is faith. The Greek word for faith here is pistis. And we get that word from pithael. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, Paul is telling us, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. And that's where our faith comes from. We can't earn it. We can't work for it. But it's given to us as a gift. And it's from God. And he goes on to say, in verse 9, Not of works. You can't work to get it. It's a gift. At least anyone should boast. You see? Because if you try to earn it, with our hearts, our evil hearts, we're been not evil, we don't want to boast and say it is myself. But it's from God and only Him. Faith is responding to God's revelation as Abraham responded when he was told to go out to leave the land on several occasions. The Lord spoke to him. And he was obedient to his call. The Lord told him to leave Ur and move. He did what he was told to do. He obeyed. Eleven, uh, Hebrews 11.8 tells us, if you want to turn to 11.8, by faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. Not knowing where he was going. But he was obedient, and he was led, and he was moved by faith. Believing, because he heard from the Lord. In Genesis uh, chapter 22, verse 1 and, and 2, he tells us there that, I'll just read it here because I got it here, that, Abraham believed the Lord and it was counted to him for righteousness. That's in Hebrews eleven seventeen. But in Genesis 22, God tested Abraham and said to Abraham, and he said, Here I am. And verse 2, then he said, Take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you, whom you love. He obeyed the Lord and took his son, his only son. And we know the rest of the story. He took him up as an offer to sacrifice. And just as he was about to, to sacrifice him, he told him, wait. See, but he was willing to take that, to take that sacrifice, his only son, and offer him up to the Lord by faith. And it was accounted for him for righteousness. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 22 has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. You see, God doesn't have uh, pleasure in sacrifices, but what He wants is obedience. Obedience from us. And he says right here to, to heed. That word heed is like a warning. Pay attention. Take heed to what you're hearing. Then he goes on to say um, in Hebrews 11.6, But without faith it is impossible to please him 
For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Diligently means doing it thoroughly and well in a hard-working manner. The opposite of doing it lazily. We can become lazy. And we don't want to be lazy. We want to do it willingly, thoroughly, and well. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Matthew 22.37, Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Love is the driving force behind diligently seeking God. Love. It compels us. It compels me to do the things that I do. James in chapter 1, verse 26, warned us about being religious. And he also warned us in verse 25. Let's, let's read that. You want to go, let's go back to James because we're going to be reading out of that. I just want to cover a few scriptures here and then we'll get into the text. <clears throat> Verse 26 says here, If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one religion is useless. It is useless. He's deceiving his own heart. It's always the condition of the heart. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, For our heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. But the Lord continues to, to add more to that in Jeremiah, in, uh, Jeremiah 17, 9. In, uh, in Jeremiah 17, 10, He tells us, <clears throat> The heart is heap above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruit of his doings. The fruit of his doings. See? We're all called to do something. And that's to worship God. We're created to worship God. In service, not in lip service, as we'll see, but by actions motivated by love for what God has done for us, where He brought it up, where He brought us out from. Many of us don't deserve the grace of God, but I stand here today by the grace of God, and it's only by His grace. That I stand here. And that you guys know the same thing. That's why you're here as well. Because many of us should have been dead. <clears throat> In verse 23. He warned us there also. For if anyone is a hearer of the word. And not a doer. He is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. He tells us. For he observes himself in verse 24 goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Every morning I wake up in the morning, I look in the mirror. I'm sure all of us here do. You know, and it's the time to where we got we look in the mirror and we got to see who we really are. We got to examine ourselves. Where are we with the Lord? Am I doing the Lord's will? Especially now in these last days. If God was to come today, Jesus Christ was to come today, how would He find you? How would He find me? What would I be doing? My prayer is I, I pray that I'm doing right what I'm doing right now. And I know your prayer is being here in the Word of God, listening to the Word of God. Being raptured out of here. But no one knows what time or what hour He's coming. 
And so we need to be living in such a way as you could come right now. Whether you're in home, in the workplace, or wherever you're at. We need to be obedient. We need to be faithful servants. Diligently. Chapter 2 warns us about showing partiality. He tells us here, My brethren, in verse 1 of chapter 2, Do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. It's another warning. Then he goes down in verse 9 and he tells us that partiality is sin. And we need to repent from that. Immediately. Verse 9 to say, but if you show partiality, you commit sin. And are convicted by the law of transgressors. And we should be convicted. Conviction is good. It lets you know that you fell short. And that you need to get right with God. Because if there's no conviction then you have to ask yourself. Am I really dwelt with the Holy Spirit of God? As the scriptures tells us. Because there has to be conviction. It's what turns our eyes from evil. Our eyes are the souls to our wind, windows to our soul. We've got to be careful what we see. Our ears, what we hear. Our hands. Our feet. Our tongue. He tells us. Now we're to use these members, instrument members as vessels. With honor. There's some for dishonor and some for honor. We need to be the vessels for honor. In verse 14, I'll read some scriptures here now that we're getting into our scriptures. It says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? Can faith save him? James begins with a rhetorical question or a, like for an easy term for me, a no-brainer. He's looking for the answer, no. No. It is evident that the answer he's looking for is no. Faith and works are like, like Xavier would say, they twinkies. They go together. You can't separate them. You see? You, they're unseparable. And then action. And there's action behind it. Action behind faith. I like the way... The apostles, they open up. James here, he says in uh, verse 1, James, a bondservant of God in the, of the Lord Jesus Christ. A bondservant, we know the word comes from the word doulos, meaning a slave, a bondman, one who gives himself up to others, to another's will. Those whose service is used by Christ, devoted to another to the disregard of one's own interest. It is no longer, I don't look out for my interest anymore. I don't think me, myself, I have to look out for interests of others. Especially when it comes to the gospel, to their salvation. Many people are Headed to destruction. And we have the keys. We have the words to life. 
we have the words to life. Once again, and um, I'll read that scripture again. Ephesians 2, 8 and 10. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not by works so that no one can boast. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do God's to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That word, uh, workmanship, the Greek word means something that has been made. It can be used to refer to a work of art. And this is where we get our English word poem. It comes from uh, the word poema. Imagine that, it's beautiful. Beautiful word. In Psalms 139.14, it says, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made, created for good works. I was created in Christ Jesus for good works. That's my purpose. Some people might say, no, it is to witness. But if our good works, but it, but it's our good works that open up the opportunity to witness. You see, Jesus said in Matthew five sixteen, "Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven." The purpose of my life is to worship God. I was created to worship God. We all were. Worship is more than singing. Paul tells us in Romans 12.1. We worship Him with our service. He calls it our reasonable service. You know, there's nothing we can give or, or do for Christ, for the Lord, but to submit, be obedient, and to do His will. And I had to remind myself on that daily basis. Just as Jesus said, Father, not my will, but Your will be done, I have to say the same thing. Lord, not my will, but Your will be done. In everything. So what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but not does not have works? Can faith save him? And we know the answer to that. Verse 15. If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warm and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Nothing. Nothing at all doesn't profit nothing <clears throat> faith in God is active obedient faith and this is what I believe James wants us to understand it's active obedient and it changes our lives our way of thinking our attitude towards the commandments of God in the requirement of God. Let's read Matthew uh, chapter 7. Let's go to Matthew chapter 7. Keep your finger there though in the, in the book of James. Let's go to Matthew chapter 7 verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. 
Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at his teaching. They were astonished at his teaching. Are you astonished at his teaching? Do the words jump at you? I mean, they convict you, rebuke you, exhort you. These people were astonished at his teaching. Why? For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes, the religious people. Because Jesus was given all authority. The Father gave him all authority. And we know that in the context, he's talking about beware of the false prophets. In verse 15, he's talking, he's giving us the warning there to be careful. Because many of them are in sheep clothing. We've got to be careful what we listen to. And now we've got to keep in mind here, and the warning is to beware of these false prophets. And by their fruits, you will know them. By their fruits, whether good, whether bad. Keep in mind, James is writing this letter to Jewish people. He says this in verse 1. Let's turn back there. Verse 1. He says there, it says, To the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad. He's talking to Jewish people. He says this in verse 1, the 12 tribes which are scattered abroad. Like many of us, like many of us, including myself, coming out of a religious background, many, you see many religious people. And a lot of them, you, if you go out on Friday nights or you talk to people, oh, I'm a good person, I'm a good person. Yeah, right, you know. There's no... No one good. No, not one. Scripture tells us that. Psalms 14 tells us that. There is none. No, not one. We've all turned aside. And people think they can enter the kingdom of God by the works. But we're told that the only works are the works of God. In that word, uh, profit or benefit, in verse 14, and there is no profit, just talking the talk. And you heard this before, it's walking the walk, right? Not just talking the talk, but you got to walk the walk. You know? Talk is cheap. So to say you have faith and there's no works, he has no faith. This kind of faith will not save and does not profit you. You could be a religious person and do good deeds to try to work your way into the kingdom. Good luck. Good luck. James is confirming here what Paul said of faith in Galatians 5.6. For in Christ Jesus... Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. It's a laborious, laborious and faith working through love. First Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 3 tells us there. Let's, let's turn there. First Thessalonians where all the T's are at. To your left. First Thessalonians. 1 verse 3. It says here, Remembering without ceasing your work of faith, labor of love, and patience 
of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the sight of our God and Father. You see that? He was remembering without ceasing the works that they did of faith. Labor of love. That's what it is. It's laboring love. And we see that when you go out to do outreaches. We just came back last week from Mexico. There was a lot of love being poured out. A lot of, lot of stories, you know, of how God just moved and ministered to my heart. You see? For my learning, there was a, a, a woman there selling candy. She had a little cart. And one of the brothers asked her, you sell anything? He said, I haven't sold anything all day. And the brother had compassion and he had some chump change in his pocket and he gave it to her and she in turn gave it to somebody else. And the brother said, no, that's for you. And she goes, no, I'm a believer. They need it more than me. We were like, wow. Like a dagger going to the heart. The Lord just ministered to us. She hadn't sold nothing all day. And it wasn't just, you know, penny, pennies, quarters, you know. There was some greenbacks, you know. <laughs> so, but she said, no, I'm a believer. They needed it more than me. Everybody got ministered to. That person that received it, it was just like a domino effect of love. God's love. The labor of love. And I'm sure there's more testimony. God always is working through His children if we let Him. Titus 3.8 tells us there, Titus just to your right, after 2 Timothy, Titus 3.8 tells us and now these are believers this is a faithful saying and these things I want you to affirm constantly he tells us constantly that those who have believed in God should be careful to maintain good works these things are good and profitable to men Maintain. It's like your car. You want to keep it running for a long time. You got to maintain it. You got to maintenance it on a continuous basis, right? How much more for the Lord? Much, much more. On a daily basis. On a daily basis. Okay? And ecclesiastics, uh, I had trouble with that word. You know there's going to be one word I was going to have difficulty with, right? right? So, one, three, you know, Solomon says, vanity, vanity. You know, he starts off, vanity, vanity. And in verse three, he tells us there, he says, What profit has a man from all his labor in which he toils under the sun? Vanity. I mean, he's going to perish. We're all going to perish one day. And we work hard for the things we have. But we're going to leave it behind to someone else. And we always hear these stories about the individual passing away and he leaves it to his children. What do they do? They mess it up. They start fighting over it and they start selling it and end up with nothing. It's vanity. It's all going to perish. Matthew, let's turn to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. We'll read 26, verses 26 and 17. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and lose his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? 
For the Son of Man will come in the glory of His Father with His angels, and then He will reward each according to His works. We're all going to stand before God and give an account how we live, the things that we did, good or bad, but were our tensions behind the motives that we did. First hmm. Corinthians 5.17, we should all know that. Therefore, if anyone in Christ is a new creation, old things have passed away. Behold, all things become brand new. You're a new creation. God's forgiven us for all our sins. We're a new creation. Genuine faith transform, transforms a life. Our, li- our lives are being transformed. And works result or should result from that transformation. Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your minds, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable will of God. Right? And so, we need to renew our minds on a continuous basis. Faith is not an, an, an intellectual. It's not intellectual. It involves life change. Our faith is evidence to those who knew us prior to the Lord, and has seen the transformation in those that know us now in the life we live in Christ. They should be able to tell a difference from the way we were before and now living in Christ. Some of us, is this is all what they, they know about God is by looking at you and hearing what you, what you do. How God changed your life and what you're doing now. You see? It is God who moves in the hearts of His children. Once again, we are His workmanship and we need to walk in them. The way we live our lives proves our faith is genuine or fake. Or fake. We could be living a hypocritical life. I call it mean mascaras. You put on that mask, that mascara, you know? And that's where we get that smile now, cry later. You know? They put that mask on, you know, they cover up what's really inside of them. And we do that. A lot of us, we do that well. I mean, we could win Academy Awards. You ever think about that? I just think, man, I could be a, I could be a good actor, you know. Because that's why I used to be. I had to be act mad all the time, all the time, or I was considered weakness where I came from. So you learn how to act real good, tough, macho man. But God changes your life. He molds you, shapes you more and more to the image of His Son. And people see that. And they say, man, I want some of that. I want to be changed. I'm tired of this life that I'm living. You got to give your life to Christ. You got to repent from your sin. You've got to let the Lord take control of your lives. Not just sometimes, but all the times. You see it all over the place. You see it on Facebook. People confessing to be followers of Christ. But then you flip the page and you see them, they got brewskis and alcohol and partying. It's like, man. It just breaks my heart because a lot of these people are my family. But they're not being taught the Word of God. 
They're not letting the Word of God transform their life, change their life, change the way of thinking. They're running their, their lives with emotions, feelings that these false prophets are giving to them, saying to them, making them feel good, and not telling them the truth. That wine is a mockery. Bringing destruction into your lives. You're a new creation. You got to live your life differently now. There's no getting away, getting out of jail cards. <clears throat> Back to James. Verse 15 and 16, If a brother or sister is naked and desolate of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warm and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for their body, what does it profit? Nothing. It's no good. It's like somebody coming up to you and saying, Brother, I need some prayer. I need prayer. Then you let them walk away. We got to do it then and now. Let me pray for you now because I'll forget. He needs prayer or she needs prayer. We all need prayer. And we shouldn't be ashamed to ask for prayer when we need it. Romans 5, 5 tells us that the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. God is love. We should be loving one another. Loving people. Not their sin, but loving them enough to call them out on it. Matthew 25:32 Turn there please 25:32 It says here all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate them from one another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats I don't want to be no goat That's a rebellious... They're rebellious. And a sheep is dumb. I'd rather be a dumb sheep in need of a shepherd who's going to take after me, take care of me, even break my leg if he needs to to get my attention. And that's what God did. And he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous, the righteous, The true believers will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry? And the unrighteous will probably say, yeah, I did that. I did this. But it's humility. When did I do this, Lord? I don't remember. Because it just came naturally. The things come natural. I don't remember the things that I do for you, Lord. Because He gets all the glory. It is Him that is working in me and through me, through you. So that the Father can receive all the glory that is due. 
Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did you see or when did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And the king will answer and say to them, Surely I say to you, inasmuch as you did it to one of least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, the goats, the goats, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not take me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Surely I say to you, inasmuch as you did not do it to one of, of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment but the righteous into eternal life. Those who are doing the Father's will, the righteous, not the disobedient. <clears throat> In John, First John chapter 3, verse 17 and 18, But whoever has these world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children. He's talking to Christians. We know that. Because in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 12, tells to them who believe in his name, he gave the right to be called children of God. My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. Not by lip service, but by our actions. But by our actions. Be a doer of the word. In Ezekiel 33, 31, the Old Testament confirming, or the, the New Testament confirming the Old Testament. Ezekiel 33, 31 <clears throat> reads, and this is the prophet Ezekiel. And they were coming to him because he had the words of God and they sounded so good to them. See? So they came, so they come to you as people do. As people do. They come to you as people do. Because they know where to go. They sit before you as my people and they hear your words, but they do not do them. For with their mouth they show much love, but their hearts pursue their own gain. He's speaking about the religious people. And then at the next chapter, the next chapter, 34, he's talking about the shepherds, the false shepherds. They're doing everything for their own gain. And we, we see that, we read it, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, how they were. <clears throat> and so, but they do not do them for what their mouth they show much love. They're just running their mouth. Sounds good. Sounds good. But if there's no love behind it, then you're what scriptures call it calls it you're just a clinging symbol. You're just making noise. That's all you're doing. <clears throat> First Peter Let's read First Peter. Let's go to First Peter. Right after James. First Peter Chapter one verse seven and nine. It says 7 in verse, through verse 9. That the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise honor and glory to the 
at the revelation of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen, you love. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with the joy expressibly, expressible and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Amen? And so we see that there in First Peter. More precious than gold. And it's going to be tested by fire. See? It's going to be tested by fire. And all the gunk is going to go up. And whatever stays is, is pure and it's of God. 1 Corinthians 15.58 Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. It's not. Be steadfast, immovable. And we're to always be abounding in the work of the Lord until He takes us home. And a good example of that, we all know who that was. Mr. Chuck Smith. Beating up cancer, eating them up with every breath that he had left preaching the Word of God. What an example. There's no such thing of a retirement. But God gives him the strength. He'll give you the strength to endure. Give me the strength to endure. And that's my prayer. To when he decides either to take me home or snatch me out of here. Preferably, I like to be snatched out. <laughs> and I know I'm not alone, right? <laughs> you know, I know I'm not alone. But <clears throat> let me go back here because uh, I lost my page. Okay, let's turn to Revelations 22, chapter 12. The last book. The last. Last uh, book. Not the last chapter. Chapter 22. Verses 12 to 21. And behold. I am coming quickly. My reward is with me. To give. To everyone according to his work. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexual immoral and murderers and adulterers and whoever loves and practice a lie. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. And the spirit and the bride say, come and let him who hears say, come and let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely. For I testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to these things, God will add to him the place that are written in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. He who testifies of these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Amen. And then finally, let's go back to the, uh, James. We read here in verse 17. Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not 
have works is dead. That's how he ends his verse here, is dead. It is dead. There's nothing behind it. There's no love. It's dead. It's that simple. It is dead. And so, we have here, faith without works is dead. And we went through, what does it profit? Does someone say that is faith, but does not have works? Can faith save him? And he's, the answer is no. If a brother or sister is naked and destitute for daily, of daily food, what are we going to do? Let him hunger? No. And one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warm, and be filled. But you do not give them the things which are needed for the body? I mean, which one of us, we have a closet. We have three, four, five jackets. I mean, and you see somebody in need and not going to give up something you don't wear. You know? I mean, just doing this, I got convicted. Myself. Because I got clothes in there that I don't wear. Someone else can use them. Someone else is in need. Someone's hungry. Many people are lost. Let's pray. Heavenly Father God, we just uh, once again come before you, Lord God. And Father, we are thankful, Lord God, that you are who you are, Lord. We thank you that you called us into this ministry, Lord God. Your ministry, Lord. Father, we thank you for the love that you poured out in our hearts, Lord, that we are able to love people we don't know, Lord. Father God, we just thank you so much, Lord, for your word, for changing our lives, Lord. Father, help us to continue to endure, to grow. And Father, to be obedient to your voice. Father God. I pray for my brothers and sisters here. That are here, Lord. That you continue to minister to their hearts, Lord God. That you would use them in a mighty way, Lord. While it's still day. Because the night is coming. And it's getting darker and darker. But there's still much work to be done, Lord. May you do that work in us and through us, Lord. And may you receive all the glory. We love you, Lord. And we thank you once again for your word. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.